0: Daryl had asked me a while ago, he said, would you you like to preach? I'd like to get the elders up there, and would you like to preach and and share? And I said, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like I remember one time we were at this park, and they had a bungee jumper thing. Now, you want to bungee jump? Yeah, yeah. And when I got on that platform, it's like, no, (laughs) no. (laughs) So I may be a little nervous, so. Uh, what I want to talk about is more, more of preaching. I like to kind of give a testimony as I talk about what God has done for me. And when Daryl, when we were talking about um, particularly preaching a lesson or, or preaching one Sunday morning, I was just, I, I prayed, God, what, what do I share? And he, and he told me, he said, share your life. Share your, your testimony. And so kind of what I'm going to do is give my testimony and also share why I believe what's happened has happened. Um, God has, I don't know when I got saved, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm sure, is Daryl in here? No. Uh, I don't know when I got saved. I went to church my whole life. Um a bus came in a church in our community and picked us up. And so I was, you know, my parents took me to church when I was younger. And then as, they, as I got a little older, they stopped going. But the church, the bus kept coming and getting me. And I've been in church all my life. I was in the service for four years in the Navy, and I traveled all over the world. And I always went to church. And when I got out, I, I got married and um, told Dee, I said, we need to go to church again. And We went to church, and I remember when D got saved. That was an experience. But I don't remember the exact day. I I think I know, but I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm saved. When I look back on my life, when I prayed about this lesson, I look back on my life, and God has so blessed me. God has given me a wife. You know, you hear them say, Oh, she's my wife, and she's my best friend, and you're like, know, yeah. But you know what? I love my wife more than I love myself. She is an angel, and she has made 25 years of marriage bliss, and another 25 to come. I don't think she could stand up here and say that about me, but <laughs> I don't care. This, this is about me right now. I love getting up and going to my job. I've been a police officer for 25 years. I love getting up. I go to work. Still, I go early because I enjoy what I do. That's a blessing. I have two and a half wonderful kids. <laughs> I have three wonderful kids. God has. I look at my life, and D and, and I, we pray. Almost every night. And the first thing we thank is we thank God for what he's given us. But he has given us so much. And it's not anything that I deserve. It's just the love that he has for us. But I do believe that I've allowed God. I've opened doors to allow God's blessings into my life. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about what I know for a fact that um, God has shown me certain things that allow blessings to flow in my life. And when I, I almost, it almost got to the point where I was yelling at Daryl to let me come and talk because God has shared with me and showed me things. And when I see people hurting outside and I say, Oh, I know all about that and I want to share it with you. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a person stuck sitting on a railroad track with a train coming towards his back, and you stand in there looking. I mean, would you stand there and just, oh, this is going to be interesting, or would you scream for all that you are to get up, get up, get off that track? And that's how I feel about this. So that's what I want to share about. It's I want to talk about giving. I'm not talk, talking about tithing. I'm talking about giving. Part of tithing, part of giving is tithing, but that's not all that it is. Um, Jim Maston had had preached, and, and I knew that I was going to preach about this um, a month or so ago, and when Jim came up and started preaching about tithing, I'm like, oh, there goes all my stuff. But you know, he really, he showed me some things that I didn't even realize. Some of the things, if you remember Jim talking about, you know, are, are we to say that God doesn't have the money to finance what he wants? Um, God will bless whatever he wants accomplished. He doesn't need us to give to accomplish what his goal is. But he wants to bless us in giving to accomplish his His goals. He He sets out. He sets out with a goal, and he's going to accomplish it. But he wants us to get the blessings in return for it. I was thinking about a a scenario that I could kind of liken it to, and it's the best I could come with. Let's pretend that I own a Publix, okay? I own it. And, you know, I'm going to pick on Preston. Preston, I'm sorry. Preston comes up to me, and he says, Man, I'm, I'm hungry. I, I don't have any money for food. And I say, I'll tell you what, Preston. You go to my Publix, and you pick out all the food you want, and you prepare for me a meal, a feast. You cook for me a feast. So Preston goes to my Publix, and he gets all the food he needs, and he slaves over this food, and he cooks this wonderful feast for me. And I go, and I enjoy that feast. Who else gets to enjoy that feast? Preston does preston and his family and that's that's what god wants us to do he can do he's got everything he doesn't need us but he wants us to be part of it um i can truly say that in my life right now that i am at such peace with god that like dar was teaching in philippians paul i'm not here yet paul wanted to die so he could be with Jesus. But he stayed to be obedient to Jesus to do Jesus' work. I don't want to die, but I have no fear at all. And there was a long time in my life where I couldn't say that. And I think that's the ultimate peace of God is when you just allow him to do everything you want. Uh, God God. D and I, we raised three kids, three boys, um, and I don't know if you've ever met them, but the smallest ones this big, okay? They ate a lot. Um, <laughs> I worked, and D stayed home and homeschooled, and I looked at people that I worked with that had their, them and their wives work, and, and we had, we seemed, I mean, we didn't have abundance, but God met our needs. We had a home and we had food and we had a car that worked and we had all these things. And I just realized that those were all the blessings of God. And, and one other blessing I wanna, I, I just want to point out, not only does God bless us with things that he gives us, but he blesses us with things that he protects us from. We don't realize, you know, Dee and I have gone years with a refrigerator that every other day you'd have to move it back because it, you know, it rocked and rolled. But you know what? It kept the food cold. And it was bound to break any day, but God kept it going one more day because he knew we couldn't afford to get it fixed. He protects us from things in our lives that we don't realize. Um, when, when we talk about giving, a lot of people say, and, and, I'll, and I'll use tithing specifically, a lot of people say that, you know, I can't afford to tithe. You know, I can't tithe right now because I can't afford to. And, and I think you can't afford not to give. And I say this, again, please understand that I'm not saying this to build the finances of Cornerstone. I say this because it's a blessing to us when we give. Um... We 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 don't have faith. And this is what Jim kind of touched on, is we don't have the faith that God can meet our needs. When we don't tithe, it's like saying, well, God, I can't afford to give to you because I don't believe that you can take care of me. Um, Matthew, uh, that Matthew 21? There it is. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, that if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what is done to this fig tree, but, I also, but you can also say to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. That um, Jesus had withered a fig tree and the, in the disciples were amazed and he said I think in one verse he said if you had the faith of a mustard seed and you know mustard seed is is and I, and I forgot to look that up I was going to do that and but it's one of the smallest seeds known to man and Jesus said if you had just that much faith that you could tell a mountain to move into the sea.' now I know Preston and I had talked about this okay and, and Preston had told me once when he was in seminary, seminary and they were studying this that they all said, Phew, I got faith of a mustard seed. So, him and a bunch of classmates had gone out on that weekend and set some chairs up in front of some mountains and they were saying, jump into the sea now, now, jump in now. You know, kind of like, you know, red light turned green now, now. Wait, <laughs> It worked! (laughs) That's a Scripture verse, okay? That's a true statement. You know, Scripture has a lot of inner meanings, but but I take that on the faith. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to be cast into the sea, and it could be done. And I believe that literally, okay? When I say that, most people, you know, well, that, that's just something else that God was talking about, or Jesus. But put the picture to, there you go. That, that's Japan, and Japan needed another airport, but they didn't have any room to build an airport. So, they, so some engineers said, well, the only space we got is out in the sea, and we'll, we'll, build, a, we'll build this airport out in the sea. And they took a mountain in Japan... And they moved it into the sea and built the airport. That's built from a mountain in Japan. Okay, i seen that on the History Channel. Some Japanese engineers said, let's cast that mountain into the sea. And they did it. Okay? At first, that's amazing. You know, I've seen this on the Discovery, and I'm like, wow. But then I, you know, read about it again. And, and today it's like, eh, yeah, so what? Man can do it but we don't believe God can do it. These are the things. This this is a mountain that's been cast into the sea. When God says, when Jesus said, if you have faith, you can tell that mountain to jump into the sea, that mountain will go into the sea. If man can do it, I know God can do it. But we just don't have the faith that to stand on this kind of stuff. God will faith tells me that God will meet all my needs. But we just we lack a little bit of faith in it. Giving, the Bible talks a lot about money, and it uses money a lot as an uh, analogy. Uh, Huh? He's trying to mess me up up here. (laughs) Jesus uh, used money a lot in the Bible because. Money is really an outward sign of our inward heart. It really is. And that's why he used it a lot. Um, in Luke, I'm going to read a little bit from Luke, chapter, chapter 18 in Luke. And it, it talks about verse uh, 18, 18 and 18, talks about a rich ruler. Okay? And Jesus says, A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, if you know that story, Jesus says, you know, why do you call me good? And, and Jesus knows this man's heart. So he tells him, he says, Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And the man says all these things I've kept since I was a boy. When I read these scriptures and I study these scriptures, they come alive to me. And, and God, is, God gives me this, this, just this wild picture imagination in my mind. And I can just envision what's going on. This guy, this, this rich um, ruler... He's probably a, a Pharisee or a Sadducee. He's probably a religious leader of some sort, plus he's rich. And he he comes in contact with Jesus. And the way I read this is, it's probably he didn't go out of his way to see Jesus. In fact, he probably made it where he would, he would work it out so that Jesus would be coming by him. And he says to him, you know, good teacher he doesn't acknowledge him for he knows he's special but he doesn't acknowledge him as a son of god and he says um uh what must i do to inherit inter- et- eternal life and jesus tells him about the worldly things oh you know the, the if you know the first 10, the 10 commandments the first five are a relationship with god and the second five are your relationship with man and what he's dealing with is the relationship with man. This is what you must do. This is how your relationship with man must be. And the guy said, well, that's easy. I did that. He said, well, then he says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure, treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. And, of course, the man thought about it and said, that's just too much. Think about this. He says, sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. This man's a rich man. He probably has, if they had back in those days, he probably had a boat, a little sailboat, maybe a ski-doo, okay? Probably um, a cabin in the mountains. He had all these luxuries. He was a rich man with a lot of luxuries. and And Jesus is saying, Sell those luxuries. You don't need those. And give it to the poor. Because he doesn't say to give all of his money to the poor. He says, sell your possessions. And I take that in my spirit, God's saying, I'm not asking for everything. I'm asking for your abundance. I'm asking for those toys that you use instead of spending time with me. And the guy's <laughs> I'm not getting rid of that ski do. I, I just got it, and he, he he left. He didn't follow Jesus, and Jesus knew his heart. But then, just a couple of verses over, we deal with Zacchaeus. Just a couple of verses, and as you know, Jesus Zacchaeus he was also a wealthy man. He was also a wealthy man, and he heard Jesus was coming. And if you know, if you know that song. He was a wee little man, and that he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd, so he climbed upon a sycamore tree. Well, that's in Scripture, and he did that. Okay. He's a wealthy man, and yet he's not using his wealth to gain access to Jesus. He's doing anything and everything he has to do to see Jesus. And he climbs the tree, and Jesus walks by, and Jesus calls him by name. Jesus knows him, and he knows his heart. And he says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to eat with you today. And uh, chapter 19, verse uh, 7. And when the people saw that Jesus had gone in with him, they started to murmur, which they do. But Zacchaeus, Jesus hasn't said anything to, to, to Zacchaeus. He's eating with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is just in love with Jesus. He's in love with what Jesus represents. He knows in his heart that Jesus is the Son of God. And in the midst of these people murmuring, Zacchaeus stands up and he said, Look, Lord, here and now, I will give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay four times that amount. Jesus didn't ask. Zacchaeus offered. And look what it says. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to your home. Today, your heart reveals your being saved. And it wasn't giving money that saved Zacharias. It wasn't the money that he gave that earned his salvation. It was his heart. It was... It's hard to give money up. It's hard. That's why Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter heaven. It's not impossible. And it, there are certainly very many rich people that are strong Christian people. But it's harder for them because the money keeps them from following um, God. I remember when, um, when D and I started going to church and really started learning about God. Um, really started learning what salvation really meant. One of the scripture verses that just literally knocked me back was James. It said, um, you believe there's one God? Good for you. Satan also believes, and Satan isn't saved. So what belief do I have in God that's different from Satan's that saves me? So that really opened my eyes. Oh, yeah, I believed in God, or I, I, I knew about God, but that I know God in my heart. That's the difference. So I really started studying that. And Dee and I were, were really growing in the Lord. And God had convicted me that I shouldn't work Sundays anymore. And as a police officer, we do part-time jobs. And on Sundays back then, they paid double time for some of these part-time jobs if you worked on a Sunday. And I would work. I had this one job steadily that I worked on Sundays, and it paid a lot of money. It paid a lot of money. Well, God started convicting me, you need to be in church. You don't need to be rich, Vic. You need to learn about me. You need to be in church. So I tell the guy that schedules it, I said, look, don't put me down for any more Sundays. I said, but if it's an emergency, if it's just an emergency, call me. But don't schedule me. I said, okay. So the next month he calls. He goes, hey, uh, do you want next Sunday? I said, oh, is it an emergency? He said, no, I'm just calling to see if you want it. Well, is it an emergency? Nah. Well, if it's an emergency, then yeah, I'll take it. So I worked it. Monday, Anthony gets sick. And he has to take him to the doctors. And I'll never forget, that Friday, I got two letters in the mail. I got my check from the part-time job, and I got the bill from the doctor. And this is a true story. And they were within a nickel of each other. And God said, go ahead and work it, Vic, but you open the door for, you, you close the doors for my blessings. And I never worked another Sunday since if I didn't have to, even if it was an emergency. Um, the reason that I like to use giving again, because it shows a person's, it shows inside a person's heart. It's kind of like baptism. We get baptism. Baptism doesn't save us, but the act shows obedience to God, to Jesus. It's an obedient act. And giving... Is an obedient act. That, that God can see. Um, Luke 6. 38. Says. Don't judge. And you won't be judged. Don't condemn. And you won't be condemned. Forgive. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given unto you. These are some basic facts about the Word. You know, forgive us as we forgive those. That's critical. It's critical. If you you have something against your brother, that's going to keep your relationship with God a little severed. If you condemn, you'll be condemned simply because you're stopping the blessings from God. But then he says, give, and it will be given unto you. And he says, judge not unless you be judged. And then he stops it there. Figure it out for yourself. He says, don't condemn, and you won't be condemned. That's pretty self-explanatory. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Pretty good. Then he says, give. And it'll be given. But he, he explains that. He goes on and he says. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. Will be poured out on your lap. The same. For the measure that you use. Will be measured to you. I, I studied that one time. And it talked about how. Um, what it's talking about. When you get wheat. or Or when you. When you package things, you press it down, you know like have you ever gotten anything that, that comes in this real thick uh, bar of, of just compacted and yet when you break it down it's just a bunch of powder and they and that's what jesus or that's what that's what he's saying here that that I have so much more to give to you if you 'll open the door for me to give to you. God is just sitting there waiting to pour on us that we withhold from ourselves. Um, we, we, we don't have because we don't open the door, because we don't give. And, and there are there's so many powerful truths that Jim had said. I don't want to steal his sermon, but he gave so many true statements. You know, is God broke? Does God not, Can God not afford what he wants to do? And he'd just gone on and on. and um, The last thing I want to talk about, I told you it's about giving. It's not about tithing. It's about giving. And giving isn't limited to money. It's what you have. Uh, in the Bible it talked about, Jesus said, where he had given a talent. To, he gave him one talent to one man, two talents to another, and five to another. And it's funny because talent is a a weight of measure for currency. But what does talent mean today to us? If I say, Preston, you're really talented in music. It has nothing to do with money. It's his gift that he has. God gives us gifts, okay? He gives us talents that we're supposed to use for his glory. Um God has given me the ability to to be very good with my hands, to fix things. I know Rusty, he's building a house, and he's building most of it himself. And God has given Rusty that talent for building. And half of what you see in this building, Rusty has done. He's put new walls in and doors, and he cuts a door in half, and now he got these two doors that actually work and look nice, okay? God has given, and, and the thing is, is Rusty is saving a lot of money, plus not only that, but he's able to build his own house the way he wants. That's a gift that, that God has given to him, and that talent, you if you just did it for yourself, you would lose it, I, I believe, or you wouldn't be blessed more. Um, I'm, God has given me a talent to be able to fix things, and that's a blessing. I I have never called a plumber or an electrician to my house. I've never in my entire life. If something breaks, I can fix it. So, I don't know, two weeks ago Daryl said, Vic, man, that urinal's stuck in the men's bathroom, go do something with it. Okay. I don't know if anybody seen me in there, but I was that's okay, see, that's that's what my talent if that's how God blesses me, then I'll be glad to do that for him. Absolutely. And I was able to fix it Daryl and saved us some money, by the way. God uses these talents for us. Um, I want to end on this story I, I'd read about. And it, to me, it, it has such a, a great meaning. This this uh, man was shipwrecked on an island for two years, all alone, little small island. And he'd been there for two years. Well, he got found and rescued. And when the rescuers had gone there, he had built this really beautiful hut, house that he lived in. And he had, he had really spent a lot of time and energy on it. And, and it was really nice. Even though he didn't have electricity and you know running water, it was really nice. Um, and they were commenting on that to him when they rescued him. But they also noticed a really nice little cottage about 100 feet to the right and then another little cottage 100 feet to the left. And they asked him, they said, sir, house is beautiful. That little building there, what is that? The man said, that's my church. That's where I go to church. I said, oh. Well, what's that building? He said, oh, that that's where I used to go to church. <laughs> the meaning of the story, if God convicts you, don't get mad at the messenger. If God's convicting us in something, let's listen to him. I, I We've heard about three messages now on giving. And maybe God's trying to bless us and open doors for us. And that's what it is. I I hope you understand my heart that it's not a plea for money. It's not that at all. It's a plea of God's knocking on the door with all these gifts. Let's open the door and let's be blessed by him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.